Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Is This Making Sense? Dialogues in the Pursuit of Balance, Wisdom, Leadership, and Everything in Between. I'm Eric Johnson. I'm here with Seth Gray. And before we get started, um, I wanted to do a little disclaimer. Um, while it may not show it, Seth and I do try to put a fair amount of effort into preparing for our podcast so that we come to you with our ducks in a row and not trying to blabber or waste time or waste a lot of words. Uh, but with everything that's been going on with the coronavirus and how we're working from home and all of our rhythms are messed up, um, just a disclaimer that this episode, we have not put as much, we have not had the opportunity to put as much thought and preparation into it, but hopefully it still is some coherent thoughts. One of our goals this year was to try and keep this thing going. And so we're trying to carve out space and time uh, to keep it going. So that is, that's been our goal. And this is our, this is our um, attempt at continuing it. So with that today, we will talk about positivity, the idea of just having a positive mindset. And this is something that you've really championed, Eric. And, um, just, just why is this a focus of yours, you know, kind of in 2020? So um, if you remember, my goal for 2020 was contentment. I'm working this year on contentment. I don't want to wish away the present uh, uh, for looking back to the past or looking towards the future. I want to enjoy the now. And so one of the things that I'm thinking about that I'm learning in this journey is that um, I'm, I'm learning. A, I started reading this book called Hardwiring Happiness, and it's all about hardwiring happiness in your brain. It's this idea of having positive experiences and, and dwelling on them. Uh, so that's kind of where all this started. Uh, but even before that, you shared with me a podcast. Uh, who was it? it was um, Trevor Moad. Who was it? What podcast was it on? It was um, uh, 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 Little Things uh, Small. No, no, no. It was, it was uh, Long it, Story Short or Short Story short Long? Short Story Long. Yeah. yeah. The, the um, drama. Drama. I forget his name. Chris... Chris something. Whatever it is. But he's got a great name. Uh, title of his podcast is Short Story Long, and he was interviewing Trevor Moad, and uh, this Trevor basically works with top athletes around the world. If you are a uh, football player getting ready for the NFL draft, or if you're like currently in the NFL or you're a major league baseball team, um, he works with uh, University of Alabama, University of Georgia, uh, Seattle Seahawks. He's Russell Wilson's personal like a uh, sports psychologist coach. Mm-hmm. And anyways, and I listened to this interview and I, I was like, there's something to this, not even realizing the the impact in which you would take it because you took it much further than me and I just sent it over to you. And I was like, I think this is a pretty cool podcast. You should take a look at it. And then from there, you just ran with it. Mm-hmm. I, I devoured it because this guy is all about practical, intentional ways of bettering things whatever he's around he's wanting to better it and the thing i like about this guy is he's not doing it it's not doesn't seem like it's coming out of a place where he just wants money or he wants success or fame like he didn't even have social social media accounts until like last year uh, because he was just busy on the grind making organizations better and so he had so much wonderful content to share uh trevor moad i forget how you spell it but look him up he's fantastic Uh, i think he's got a book coming out maybe right now it it takes what it takes that's his newest book what it takes and that's what he was promoting on there I think one of my so there's a lot that we could share from it, but there's two things that I want to focus on. One thing that I one quote from it that I'm going to definitely use with my kids sometime was this uh, earlier in early in his career. Uh, he was a teacher. And so it was the end of his, his teaching year and he had already signed his, his contract for the following year. And so that summer he did an internship with a company uh, with, with this uh, sports organization. I ING. ING in Florida. Florida. And so this, if you don't know much about ING, which I don't, it's like the mecca for young athletes to become professional. It's, it's a crazy 
I don't know what you call it, campus or... Yeah, it's a full school. It's, it's a full everything. Whatever sport it is that you want to pursue in college, you go there. It's a boarding school, and then uh, it prepares you to get in college, and then you can come back there during off-seasons, uh, either as a college uh, athlete or even a professional athlete. So... A lot, most of a lot of the big athletes that we know and love now went through that system, and so he was there on an internship and just hustled really hard and worked worked up a full time position, and so it meant having to go back on his his contract on the school, and so he asked his dad what he should do, and his dad his dad is a, a psycho psychotherapist, he's yeah. he's something he's you know a forward thinker, and his dad said, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to tell you there's a right thing to do, <sighs> and I love that quote. It was and, tough for me to hear at that moment and I'm not even in his situation because here he is he's like he signed this contract for probably it was like $28,000 as a teacher but he has this opportunity to work with literally like you know a Roger Federer type character or you know these massive athletes but his dad said I'm not going to tell you what to do but there's a right thing to do so that has nothing to do with this podcast currently this topic but man I just love that quote but one of the things that Trevor talked about is the power of our language and the power of words and specifically the power of positive versus negative and so um Disclaimer: Trevor has not backed a lot of this stuff up with science. There's, he's not clinical anyway. He's not. A, he's not a therapist. He's not anything like that. And so a lot of what he's done is just. It's just practical. Um, but the 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 studies the the you know the studies that he did show was talking about when you say something positive out loud, it has four to seven times more impact on you than than if you just think it. So you can you can you can have just by saying today's going to be a good day. You have a, it. It does something. It really supposedly does something. Four to seven times percent. In, uh, percent more impact but if you say something negative out loud it has as much as 40 to 60 times that Mm. so when you say something out like so something i actually regularly say out loud is eric you're the worst i literally say that sandy had to make me aware that i say that because i often will just like whatever it is i'll just be thinking something about myself or whatever it might be i was like eric you're the worst that is terrible. I'm having to stop saying that because that sort of language is terrible. And Seth, do you remember the example he he gave? Because um, they were asking in the interview, he's being asked, "Well, how do you sell this type of positivity, like this talk, this mindset to these young athletes that are pretty much superheroes? How do you get them to, to get behind this when they just think that they're gods?" Do you remember the story that he shared about negative language? Oh yeah, yeah. He talked about. Uh, he he says you can you show them. You show them example after example of the negative language they use and the power that neutral words have and that because at the end of the day he's just trying to show them do you want the result what about that world series example that you remember talking about where he's about the so there's a guy oh, being, oh yeah, being, yeah i'm sorry he's, yeah, being, yeah. he's being interviewed before the world series he's the first baseman for the boston red sox and i forget his name but he's being interviewed before the world series and it's he's like saying, the 78 world series boston has never hasn't won a world series since they traded babe ruth yeah, and so uh, maybe I'm telling this in the wrong order, but essentially he's being interviewed and he say, he's asking how, how you feel about this, how do you, how do you think it's going to go? He's like, man, I just don't want to be that guy who misses a routine grounder to lose the game. Flash forward, he misses a routine grounder to lose the game, to lose the World Series. And so he talk about how this sort of negative language, you can take that how you want it. Maybe it was a coincidence, maybe not. But that sort of thing was in his head. When that ball was coming to him, that language, he had said that out loud in the interview. It was somewhere in his brain. And so you can make I think that you can make positive and negative happen. He was comfortable enough to tell that to a reporter, a group of reporters, so that that wasn't just something off the cuff. That was something that he had been processing. And imagine going through an entire intense situation of the World Series 
and that is floating in your mind. Mm-hmm. And and basically what Trevor is really advocating for is that you deal with that mm-hmm. and you deal with it right away. Let me ask you a question because you got real fired up about it. Do you feel like you are not bent? You're not hardwired to be positive? Uh, so... Good question. So after listening to the Trevor Moab podcast and just really buying into it, I wanted to, before I started spreading all this information, I wanted to kind of back it up with some science because I feel weird. It almost feels like some new age feel goodery, honestly. And so I got a book, like I said before, Hardwiring Happiness, which is a clinical look at the way that the brain is wired uh, for happiness and, and negative and and um, and. I don't know, what do you say? It's for positive and for negative. And so in this book, it makes the claim that that not only uh, am I hardwired for negativity, that generally human beings are hardwired for negativity. And the argument it makes that is that historically, times have not been like they are now. Like right now, you, Seth and I, we're not, we're not looking for our next meal. We're not worried right now for a, a, a neighboring tribe to come kill us. We're not worried about an animal breaking in and killing us in the night. There's so many threats that, that previous humankind had that we don't have. And so it's basically saying that our brain historically has had to be very aware of risks, things that Protective. would protect to, to protect us, risk awareness. Because if it wasn't, man, mankind would die. We would we would die. So our brains historically have been wired towards that, towards negativity. So flash forward to two thousand. 20, where we are now, and we still have that sort of evolutionary, if you want to call it, uh, bent towards negativity because that's how we're wired. And so we have to do things instead to uh, to to lean towards the positive. So that was like, there was this eye-opening thing. It's like, oh, it's just, it's it's a natural thing for us to be kind of on that negative side of things. So that makes sense why people are the way they are on social media. <laughs> Twitter, I mean, you just you try to post one positive thing, one simple statement, one opinionated statement, and everybody just goes negative, and they just try to bring you down. And, and that makes sense that that is our new way to protect ourselves, to make our, ourselves feel better. Um, as I, I listened to uh, a recent guy said, uh, when it comes to you, the words that we use towards other people, it's uh, verbal poison. Mm, that, you know, it's just so true. Poison is a great word for for negativity because uh, it's in your brain doing doing harm. Because I think about this, and I I don't know if it's nature or nurture, but my mom is very positive. My dad is very positive, and. I'm very positive. You are very positive. I'm, I'm very positive. I mean, it, to a point, and you know, I talk about my mom and dad a lot, but it's just because of the influence that they've had in, in my life. Um, my dad is hilarious, and it's gotten to a point where we'll watch a championship game, whether it's college football or the Super Bowl or whatever it might be, and he'll be rooting for a certain team the entire game, and that team will win, and he'll be excited. And then they'll flash the cameras – to the losing team, and I'll be like, man, I feel bad for that guy. <laughs> I mean, he's just a positive guy in the sense that he, his team just won the Super Bowl. His team just won the NCAA uh, college football championship. And and he, and he goes from rejoicing to going, man, I feel bad for that guy because he's a positive person. He wants everybody, you know, to be happy. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I'm just bent to be positive. And I don't know if any of your research is, is shown – you know, other than just saying historically we've been negative, but I, I'm, I come from an environment in a home and of, of being positive. And that's what I want to create for my kids. 
And it's one of those things where me and Hannah, we look at our kids and we're, they're, when they're doing something very negative and they're saying something very negative, we're just like, we don't get you because she is very positive and I'm very positive and we're just really wanting our kids to stay positive. And, um, and, and that's just kind of the, the kids that we want to raise, positive kids that have a positive outlook on life and on situations and they'd look at the glass full, uh, you know, half full. So I, I envy you. I watch the way you, you charge at things at work. Like, uh, you just, oh, this next project? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Let's, let's make the, the first step. Let's do it right now. And I'm thinking of all the different things that I would not measure up on. It, 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 takes, it takes so much to get me going on something because I'm thinking of all the ways that I'm going to do poorly on it. Uh, so I, I argue, though, that positivity and contentment is actually a practice discipline that it doesn't come natural to most of us. And so um, I think that there are so many things that we need to learn in order to, to for a lot of us, to push towards positivity. So what are you doing? What have you learned? What are you doing to push towards positivity? Well, let me just say this, that I feel like I was doing a pretty good job at going towards positivity. So one of the things that I've been working on is, so in this book, um, Hardwiring Happiness, it has four steps with the acronym HEAL, H-E-A-L, have a positive experience. Then you you enrich it, you absorb it, and you and then the last one link positive and negative. I don't understand what that one is yet. I haven't gotten that far in the book. It's a really long book, um, but right now, basically, just calling out your positive experiences for what they are, and then dwell on them, and then being able to find the positive in any situation. So, like when I'm putting Dash to sleep, and I'm really kind of wishing he would go to bed because I want to go, you know, have some free time or do the dishes or any number of things. You know what? I'm gonna stop. I'm rocking a little boy that will not be small enough to rock on my lap very much longer. These these days are numbered. I'm going to enjoy this right now. The dishes will be there and they'll forever be there. Right now, I'm going to have this positive experience. And so I'm slowing down in that. So I will say that I was doing things like that and getting better at it. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be honest that I, I thought this whole Corona thing was when we were taking it all seriously and we were canceling the events, I thought we were being ridiculous. It's like, oh, you know, the flu kills all these people. Pneumonia kills these people. We've had H1N1. We didn't do all this. And I just thought it was ridiculous. But if I'm honest now, I've read more and more stuff and I'm really not in a positive place right now. I'm really struggling with it. And so I've, I've got to get more disciplined right now, right now at, at having these positive experiences, calling the negative what it is, being realistic with it and not letting it take over. Because again, I feel like I've been a, a little anxious lately. But your rhythm is thrown off. My rhythms are totally my off. Ri- because of this COVID-19 stuff, my rhythm, my work schedule, the kids understanding what's going on, understanding, okay, uh, dad's home and he says he's working, but I've never experienced dad at home working. So dad, let's go jump on the trampoline. And, and, and that's, that's been difficult. I'll tell you this. I'm very positive. Uh, I, at least I view myself as a positive person. Um, but the things that I think I've found when I'm, when I'm not positive, it starts with me not being content and, uh, not being, uh, fulfilled because I'm allowing myself to be, uh, not content. I think the other thing is, is envy when I'm looking at someone else and I'm jealous and envious of maybe what they have, what they got, um, or just simply cause I'm tired. You know, I get very negative when I get tired. Uh, I'll get negative about drama. Um, I don't like to deal with drama at all. I, I, I like to think, keep things positive. I like to deal with things head on, but when I get tired, I, I will get negative and, um, it's 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 recognizing those things earlier on will help me stay positive is what i've found so uh, what i found really interesting in this is this journey 
Um, I feel like just then I was waiting for you to finish so I could talk. This is not, con- <laughs> I hate when I do that. I want, I want to be conversational, but I was literally just waiting for you to finish. I'm the worst. I'm not the worst. I'm, you I'm, are not I'm the worst. Don't person. say that. You on it. People like me. Hey, you know what? And that guy connected with a lot of people because that's the truth. Uh, so as silly as it is. So one of the things that I found really meaningful in this time is a, a verse from Philippians that has, that has stood out uh, as just this ageless wisdom that I didn't even realize how wise it was. Because, you know, this this clinical uh, book, Hardwiring Happiness, which, disclaimer for it, if you if you go out and read it, it, it this guy is very, he is a staunch evolutionist, so you have to kind of stomach some of this evolution stuff, depending on where you stand with that. Um, but he talks about how important it is to have these positive experiences, hold on to them and cherish, cherish them, because in your brain, the the dopamine and uh, all these positive uh, things they don't last near as long as those negative emotions do like the negative ones they they stay they're like uh, they're like it's like velcro that's what he talks about negative emotions are like velcro they just stay in there and positive ones are almost like rubber they just bounce and so you have to keep uh, keep on them and so in philippians paul says finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just pure lovely commendable if there's any moral excellence and if there's anything praiseworthy dwell on the these things dwell on these things and so i have been taking that to heart lately i love i love so often when the bible has the answers that the world is looking for and they don't know it and it's just right in there dwell on the positive that's how you're going to you're going to succeed and have contentment dwell on these things so one of the things that i wanted to do as a goal this year health wise was to be mentally and spiritually healthy and the thing that i've in order to accomplish that goal and uh, uh, go after is that I've had to re- uh, really put a filter on what I'm consuming and what I'm surrounding myself with. So as much as I might like a certain podcast and get a lot of information out of it, I realized very quickly after thinking through, okay, is this mentally healthy for me? Was that I'm gaining a lot of information, but it's very negative in the way in which it's coming across. Yeah. And I had to, I, I have, I've had to put a filter up of what am I consuming. Um, one thing was I had to stop listening to a lot of talk radio. I mean, because uh, uh, the news they exploit our fears. And I'm not saying bury your head in the sand, but what I'm saying is, is man, you got to take it in small batches, you know, and and and, and guard yourself from just being consumed with. Fear. It's funny you say that because this week uh, I've been working through this anxiety I've been having about all the stuff that you can read right now, all the numbers you can see about Italy and and maybe Spain coming up. It's just it's just depressing. And so one of the things that I've done is thank goodness for Apple and the way they design their their products. But the downtime feature. I, I already have a downtime thing in place uh, for the morning to keep me off of social media so I can kind of keep my mind right in the morning as far as having silence. But now I've put a limit on because a lot of the, the stuff that you're I'm reading news, what supposedly news wise all comes from social media. So I've put a 20 minute limit now on social media and a 10 minute limit on Google News because I, I just can't go down that road because I, I take things really seriously right now. When I read a bunch of that stuff, I literally don't even sleep well at night. 20 minutes at a time or 20 for minutes the for, the day. Day. Oh, for the day. Oh, really? Just for the day? For the day. Wow, that's strong. It's a lot, uh, but I, I'm just I don't want I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. And I, I I really like the other day it was like Sandy was like, "Are you okay?" And I said, "You know what? No, I'm not okay. I'm not doing right, well right now because the night before I stayed up for like I read from like ten till one in the morning just reading things and reading things and reading things, and then I didn't sleep all that night. And so that whole next day I was in a funk. It's like, no, I'm not doing okay. I'm anxious. And I'm like, maybe we should stockpile a bunch of groceries, all these kind of things. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't want to be that person. So I'm having to put these limits around myself. One of the things that uh, Trevor Moad says in a study um, 
from a few years ago in the podcast. Now all I'm doing is regurgitating what I heard in another podcast. But Trevor was saying that uh, studies have shown that if you watch, what was it, 20 minutes? Or just if you watch uh, morning news, you are 20 to 27% more likely at the end of the day to have a negative outlook on how your day went. Just by watching the news in the morning. When you watch the news in the morning, you're 20 to 27% more likely to have a negative outlook on how your day went. It's, we, you know, I feel like I'm uninformed because I don't watch a lot of news because I really feel like the 24-hour news cycle has done so much harm to this country. There's there's a lot of good, obviously, in the news and being aware and that sort of thing. But when content content creators like the news have to fill 24 hours, how much of that is actually factual? You, you can't have 24 hours of just uh, facts. It's a bunch of opinions and rhetoric and all these kind of things. And so I feel like like you said, like blood and that sort of that makes headlines. Like let's let's lean into that stuff. And so there's so much fear that comes from it. And I, and I you know, so we we don't. I'm, I'm what you call an uninformed, uh, an uninformed voter because I, I don't really know what I'm doing. A lot of times I'm actually an uninformed non-voter. <laughs> you're I don't you're, you're informed. To... You're informed. You're just uh, you 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 take what you need and you've let it shape you. And that's the priority of the things that you want to know. And you're like. The rest is going to sort itself out. I don't want the news to separate me from my neighbor is what it comes down to. I don't want the way that I'm watching something and it's bending me to make me feel this way about the left or the right to to not to prevent me negative that negative. Then it's like, oh, my neighbor, he he watches this news source. He's an idiot or, you know, whatever. I don't want to do that. I want to love my neighbor as myself. And if the news gets in the way, it's got to go. So I'm so glad you said that because I was trying to figure out how to transition to this point. Um about people and being positive about people, especially people you don't know, people you have assumptions of. And um, there's a friend of ours, uh, Brandon Niemeyer, and he read a book by Joel Mamby. And Joel has this great point in it, and Brandon is constantly saying this, and it's it's been really good for me to hear, is that expect the best. And he's he says that, you know, Joel Mamby in his book, uh, Love Works, he talks about expecting the best of others. And just whenever something happens, someone sends you an email, someone does something to you, and you're not sure, start with expect the best. And I've, I've really started to remember that whenever something is happening is expect the best from that person. Expect the best first and then work out the situation. And so many times I can go into it and automatically put in all these assumptions of what I think is going on. And it's, it's most likely negative. That's so funny because so I've been thinking about this the, the this terminal, terminology, uh, Imago Day. God says that we are Imago Day. We are made in his image. So my goal is to see God in the people that I that I interface with. And so if I see God in them, I should see beauty. beauty. And so honestly, for me, I see in this, like we talked about in the imposter syndrome, I see better in people than I see in myself. And so it's really easy for me on the other side of things to, to just assume the best in people because I feel like they, they've all got it together. They're, they're better than me and expect the worst in me. So I'm kind of on the other side. I'm, I am really trying to see Imago Dei in me. I'm trying to see the God, God's fingerprint, his actual aesthetic in me. And so that's something I've been working on because the Bible says that we are the crown of creation. We're the, we're the crown of creation. That is a wonderful thing. So a lot of the negative language I've, I've often heard associated with human beings as being wretched or all these other things. It's like, well, we're also the crown of creation, so there should be that positive bent to us as well. Mm, made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, I don't know where we're going to land this, but I know it's uh, been really good for me to talk out with you. Um, 
because I want my kids to be positive. I want them to look at life as a glass half full. I want them to look to expect the best in people, expect the best from themselves because, uh, you know, this world has enough problems. There's enough negativity that's going to come at you and it's going to come at me that we don't need to be the ones to spread it and to keep it alive. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the other thing is I, I, I don't want to be someone who's keeping negativity alive uh, you, because you don't you don't get things done. You don't resolve issues um, if you allow negativity to fester. An environment for you know it's 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 just kind of like uh, uh, one of the laboratory tests where they they're growing you know uh, mold you know I don't want to be a place that grows mold negativity. Well, I think your kids are are going to have a very good shot at it because you are an incredibly um, positive guy. I'm trying to stay positive in this COVID stuff. Oh, yeah. it's I, thrown I, off my rhythm. I feel like I need to re-apologize uh, for this podcast <laughs> because I feel like uh, I just, as a perfectionist, I'm feeling like a lot of these stats and stuff that I've shared are probably not as accurate as I'd like them to be. But please hear the heart of our message in terms of some of the positive versus negative percentages and whatnot. So, uh, but again, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is pure and lovely and commendable and praiseworthy, let's dwell on these things and spread these things because that's what the world needs we've got enough negative let's focus on that positive and just hear out loud that you are not the worst if you're thinking that you're not the worst you're made in the image of god that is incredible to say that out loud i think that's a perfect note to end on so uh, thank you guys so much for listening we hope this was an encouragement to you and uh, have a great week